Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and this is the Talking Grammar Podcast, the long-awaited return, I'm sure, for so many of you of the Talking Grammar Podcast. It is episode 32. I'm going to have an interview with New Mexico State Aggies head coach Chris Jans coming up in a little bit, but I... First of all, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas as I post this on December 26th. I know Christmas has already come and gone. Hope you guys had a good one. I know in, in our household, my two daughters, uh, Santa spoiled them. And and I hope uh, hope kids everywhere got spoiled a little bit this year. It's been a tough year for a lot of people. Been a real tough year for, for kids. And any, any year is a tough year for kids putting up with me year-round. So I'm glad Santa spoiled my daughters a little bit and uh, hope you're – Hope the kids in your lives all got spoiled a little bit too. It's been a rough one for everybody, but especially the young kids. I I do um, in this podcast primarily talk about Lobo basketball, and I do veer off course from that from time to time. I go. I've, I've had interviews with Holly Holm when I was in Las Vegas covering a fight of hers there. I've I've talked with Andy Katz, who used to work at the Albuquerque Albuquerque Journal years ago, but now obviously doesn't have any direct ties with with UNM Lobos or New Mexico State Aggie basketball. So I, I veer off course every now and then from the Lobo topics. I, I hope to get some Lobo coaches at some point um, and, and players on, on this podcast again, but so far it hasn't happened. Um, we'll we'll work on that. Um, hopefully, hopefully it can get done. I certainly want it to get done. So we'll see if that gets done soon. But for now, I, I, I wanted to give you guys a, a sense of what these teams are going through. And I think Chris Jans has had a really good he's, – he's done really good with the messaging on this from the start. He has not downplayed the seriousness of the virus – is not downplayed or diminished what people are going through with this. That that includes some of the 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 depression and the economic impact that people have had with businesses being shut down or closed down, and certainly the the death part of it is real too. People have lost loved ones in this. He's not diminished any of that. He has from the start reminded people that what his team is going through, while frustrating, while Aggie fans and Aggie players and, and himself included and coaches, you know, they want to play basketball again. But this is kind of a different level of frustration than, than what a lot of people are dealing with. And he has consistently reminded people of that. This There are people going through a lot worse than a college basketball team having to relocate to a hotel in Arizona trying to play some basketball. So um, he's done good with that, and I wanted to talk to him about that. I've, I've talked with him on his weekly press conferences a couple times about it, and he's he's really handled the messaging well. So, And New Mexico State's done wonderful with getting the message out as best they can, despite, as I've said, not even playing a Division One game yet. They did have two non-Division One opponents. They are 2-0, and but you have to get 13 Division One games under your belt to qualify for the NCAA tournament. And as it stands right now, they, they aren't there. So um, they better get some games scheduled soon. Like I said, I think, by frankly, by the time this podcast posts, on December 26th, we might have some different news. But for now, I, I hope you enjoy this interview I had with Chris Jans. At the end of the podcast, I, I'll talk about a little bit more of the Mountain West, give you some power rankings as, as league play in the Mountain West really kicks off and starts going. Keeping up with the Mountain West obviously will be a regular part of this podcast throughout this the rest of the season, but I'll also be touching base and checking in on the New Mexico State Aggies on a much more regular basis, especially um, because they've been great about the access and and always um, making their coaches and players available whenever needed. So I'm going to keep up with them a little bit more than I have in the past as well. And like I said, again, I, I do hope to, to do that with the Lobos at some point too. That's certainly my desire is to get a lot of Lobo content on this podcast on a regular basis. While I'm at it, I want to make sure you guys subscribe to the uh, to, to ask you to subscribe and keep reading the Albuquerque Journal, abqjournal.com 
slash sports is how you can get directly to the sports content. abqjournal.com slash subscribe is how you can support local journalism in the Albuquerque area and, and continue to to help out at a time when it's more important than ever to, to keep up on your local news. And this podcast is just a small part of that. Obviously, this there are a lot of the, a lot of important things going on in the world and sports. Wherever you put that in your priorities, um, I hope you continue to to support local journalism for podcasts like this and coverage like we have continued to have throughout the year and throughout the pandemic in the Albuquerque Journal. So, let me know what you think. You can email me at ggrammar at abqjournal.com anytime you want. Let me know what you think about this podcast or our coverage. You can reach me on Twitter, as most of you know by now. I am always on Twitter and and probably to a fault sometimes always responding to people on Twitter. And uh, you can interact with me there. I am at Jeff Grammer. That's Jeff with the G, G-E-O-F-F, Grammer, G-R-A-M-M-E-R. That's how you can get me at any time you want on Twitter. And for now, here's the interview with Chris Jans, New Mexico State Aggies head coach. I should point out this interview was done on Thursday on Christmas Eve. So we talk a little bit about what's coming up for Christmas for them for the program there in Phoenix, living in the hotel. And um, I, again, I, I appreciate him for taking the time after a practice at Grand Canyon University, mind you, whack rival Grand Canyon and, and New Mexico State have, have come up with an agreement where the Aggies will be able to use Antelope Gymnasium. That's not the main gym, but they will be able to use um, uh, the arena or the gym at, at Grand Canyon University to host some of their games this year and whack play when it comes, when it gets to that. So anyway, again, Thank you, Chris Jans, for taking the time to do this. Hope to hear from you guys, too, your uh, thoughts on this interview and this podcast. And here you go, my interview with New Mexico State Aggies head men's basketball coach, Chris Jans. How you doing? Oh, that's a bad question to ask coaches after practice, man. <laughs> so, so, so normal. I'm rarely in a good mood after practice. I'm trying to overcome my emotions not to spoil everyone's Christmas holiday cheer uh, in the next couple of days. So, but, but uh, it does sound like if, if you're back to, to the uh, usual post-practice coaches mood, like man, normal is what we're all looking for. And, and maybe that's a momentary, you know, moment, I guess, uh, or just a, a brief glimpse of normal, you know, whatever normal is anymore. There's some truth to that. There's some truth to that, but you have to ask others around me how, how they feel about it, but there's definitely some proof to that. <laughs> the uh, the situation we're in, obviously, and, and some of the stuff I want to talk to you about today is is, is a little repetitive. Not a little; it's going to be a lot repetitive, and and I think you you kind of get that at this point. It's a unique situation, and without games, there is some repetitiveness to all this. Um, but but I I, I want to start off with you. You're getting out of a practice now. You guys had the pause, obviously. Um, and this was a practice at, was this practice at Grand Canyon as we're doing this? I know I won't post this, um, today, but as we're doing this on Thursday, did you guys practice at Grand Canyon today? We did. Um, we've had a couple opportunities to practice down there and, you know, we're trying to get as many opportunities to practice down there as we can, you know, before the WAC schedule begins. Uh, it won't be daily or it won't be a set schedule. We're just uh, working with those folks to try to get in some work over on their court. I mean, how's, how's that going? And not, not in terms of the, just the X's and O's and how the practices are necessarily going, but is it a setup where you, you have everything you, you need or um, I know it's not home, but I mean, you, you have, you have a gym to go play and that, that seems to be for the most part, the, uh, the biggest box to check right now. Yeah, the folks over at GCU have been, 
great thus far. They've been very accommodating. We're very appreciative of them allowing us to temporarily, you know, make that our home, so to speak. Obviously, we're a long ways away from playing games, but the couple occasions we've been over there, they've been, like I said, accommodating and are giving us everything that that we need in order to uh, run a, a normal uh, Division One practice. Well, that's good. That's that's obviously what the uh, you know as close to 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 normal as, as you can get given the circumstances. As far as what people, I mean, I know you've played two non-division one so far. There, there's still sort of a sense of um, you know this is the a season that hasn't really gotten off yet, hasn't really started for you guys yet. So, what can we expect, and, and what can people, especially up here in Albuquerque where I am, that maybe aren't reading Justin every day and, and reading up on this team, what what can they expect from this team? I know Jabari's hurt right now, and and with the pause, maybe you guys are are you in a reset mode, or how would you describe what to expect when you do get a game? Hopefully, in the next week or so. I don't know what to expect, to be honest with you. You know, we've had our fair share of, uh, you know, nicks and cuts, if you will, and the pause. So uh, we've had to hit the reset button more times than we wanted, but we're trying to rely on, you know, who we've been as a program the last few years and just trying to stick to our culture. I know it's an overused phrase and word, but at this point, that's all we can rely on right now is, is just trying to play hard and defend and rebound and, and try to put ourselves in position to, you know, win games. But um, how we perform on the lights, you know, it's been so long and it will be a different look um, than we had, you know, going into the season. So I'm as curious as to anybody else, but I'm hopeful that we can rely on our practice habits and our culture and our leadership that at the very minimum, we're going to really compete out there. Uh, and just try to get better. Um, but at the end of the day, we need to play games. We yeah. need to get exposed. We need to uh, give these kids something to look forward to. Uh, we need to have, you know, the shoreline in our sights, if you're thinking about being out at sea. Yeah. And, you know, we're doing that now. You know, we, we, we're, we're getting close to being released, being able to release some opportunities that we've got lined up here sooner than later. And, um, hopefully, you know, obviously if both programs can knock on wood, stay COVID free, that will happen. And, yeah. and we need it to happen. Is there, um, because games are coming up soon, obviously we're, we're knocking on wood as we say that I get it. Um, be, because of the games are coming, are, are you, do you guys kind of keep in mind that 13 minimum count that that number is that number in mind? I mean, if there wasn't a 13 game minimum this year, would you be tempted to wait to whack play at this point? Or do you need the games not only for those 13-game minimum um, situation for that matter, but do you just need the games because you guys just need the games to in terms of getting better? Definitely the latter. We need the game to keep our kids motivated, you know, to ask them to continue to practice day after day, and it turns into week after week. At this point in the season, when they're seeing everybody else compete across the country, we wouldn't even think about waiting to league play. We need to, to – compete under the lights we need opportunities so it wouldn't even be discussed um the 13 game minimum i mean that's in the back of our minds i do believe there's going to be waiver opportunities if if need be you know down the line Uh, certainly we want to play as many games as we can and we don't have we don't want to be going down the stretch worried about that situation but right now you know 
that's not a priority for us right now. It's just, you know, getting our program COVID free, getting our program in a position to play games and pairing up with other teams willing and able to do the same and, and try to get ready for whack play. I'd be shocked. I mean, you, you, it sounds like probably have kind of maybe the same thought. Like I'd be shocked if the NCAA held anybody, especially either New Mexico school this year, and maybe even San Jose state. Now the situation that they're in um, held anybody to a, to a 13 game minimum when it's clear you guys have certainly been trying. So I I would hope that doesn't happen. Um, But it does sound like you'll get some games before whack play and, and uh, fans will, will, I guess, you know, be able to see you soon. What 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 is it like right now in terms of preparing the team with with a little bit of uncertainty? Um, do do they know now that they're gonna you guys are gonna be out there for a while, well beyond December, and are they prepared for a potential all season kind of situation? You know, we've talked about it randomly with our guys that there's some unknown out there, but I think mentally we all have to understand that it is what it is. It's out of our control and to be mentally prepared to be out here for a very long time. If that means the end of the season, that means the end of the season. You know, when we left Cruces for the first time to come out here, that, that was kind of the mantra is, you know, pack for a long, long time. Yeah. I don't have the ball. I don't have the answers. I don't know what the next move is. Um, but they, they've handled it really well. They've been resilient. They've been understanding. The mood has been good. You know, I think, coming off pause and not have any games in sight, it was a little hard to get all riled up in practice. It was more just trying to get them in a routine, get them on the floor, competing, sweating. And now knowing that more than likely we have a couple games in the very near future and the practice intensity has gone up from the top down and it feels more normal than it has been in quite some time. So, um, you know, we're going to take tomorrow off and, and we're going to spend Christmas together as a basketball family. And we've done as good a job as we can to try to make it feel like Christmas, given the circumstances that we're in right now. I saw some pictures of a Christmas tree and everything out there. I, I can't imagine people living in, you know, living life on the road in a hotel, have a, have a Christmas tree from home. But little touches like that, I would imagine. I don't know that you're the one behind it necessarily, but I imagine little touches like that help in a in a time like this. What do you mean? Like I, <laughs> I'm capable of uh, being having holiday cheer and spreading it around, like I'm the Grinch or what? Yeah, I'm 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 saying that your post practice mood probably doesn't lend itself to. Uh, hey, let's get back to the hotel and uh, put up these ornaments real quick, guys. You might be surprised. You might be surprised. <laughs> but to be honest, yes, there are people in and around our program that have been wonderful in understanding the situation and uh, giving us their time and, and their energy and, and their mental acumen to help us, um, you know, have a feel like Christmas. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm, I'm going to be in a good mood the rest of the night. I'm going to be in a good mood tomorrow. Uh, we're going to celebrate Christmas as a family, as a basketball family. They'll have plenty of time to, you know, with the technology, you know, being what it is now, they can communicate with their with their loved ones and their families, and um, we're just going to make it uh, as as homey as we can. Well, along those lines, I know you've um, you know indulged the media every week with some of the silly questions and the non basketball questions. Again, part of the reasons because there hasn't been all kinds of whole lot of basketball. But I heard you you're watching Breaking Bad a second time. I heard 
I know at one point we asked you if you were watching any basketball games as a non-coach, you know, just as a viewer, as a fan. Um, you, you got a favorite Christmas movie or something you guys are going to pop in um, to watch as a team, as a basketball family tonight or tomorrow? Uh, I hate to give you uh, another chance at the narrative you brought up the other day or the, uh, just a little bit ago, but um, <laughs> my wife says the same thing. I, I, I'm not a big Christmas movie guy. I, I love the holidays and uh, I'm about family, but Christmas movies aren't just, they just don't move me like they do other people. So I've stuck with the basketball games and the breaking bad. And, you know, my wife's been in and out of her bubble. We have strict protocols for people entering once they exit, they have to go through very strict protocols to get back into the bubble. And she's had to do that a couple times now. And now that she's back, uh, with us preparing for the holiday. Um, she is asked a couple times about watching a, a Christmas movie. And I know she's watched a ton of them uh, before she got here. So um, we're, we're in a constant uh, battle of wills on what, 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 what we're going to have on TV right now. Well, I, I can tell you this, and I don't know that this is a good thing or a bad thing for you, but I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't have a favorite Christmas movie. I don't, I'm, I'm not a big Christmas guy necessarily. Now I got a couple of kids around the house that make me into that a little bit, but I'm, I, I'm not a, along those lines myself. Um, are you, you still doing Breaking Bad though? Are you still? Uh... Oh yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm knee deep in the second season and it definitely has a different feel now that I've lived in New Mexico and have a yeah. way better understanding of the surroundings, you know, the setting of the movie and uh, it's been fun. It's, it's been fun and um, watching it. I wouldn't call myself a binge watcher of, of uh, any series, but you'll know, watch uh, a couple episodes yeah, before we go to bed. Well, there is one show that my wife and I watched here just last week and we did it in a week's time is on Apple TV. And I know not everyone has that, but you, you know, maybe you ran into him back when he coached football at Wichita state, but Ted Lasso, I don't know if you've watched that, but uh, I've seen on Twitter on social media, people talking about that. And it's, uh, on my uh, notes as a potential next series to watch, but I have not watched it personally yet. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not a, I'm actually, I don't watch a ton of TV myself. I, I watch a lot of basketball and stuff like right. that, but I was surprised by this. I watched it cause I thought it'd be silly and it was, but it was actually really, really good. So have you watched queen gambit yet? I haven't, but that's on oh, our list now too. So it's really good. You'll want, right. when it's when it's over, you'll be disappointed because you'll want more. It's only seven episodes. Well, that's where we're at with uh, Ted Lasso. My wife of all, like I, I didn't think she'd watch it with me. Actually, I thought it was going to be silly sports stuff, and uh, she wanted to. She wants to watch it again already too. So we'll we'll watch that one and and uh, we'll see how that goes. My my daughter and I, my eleven year old daughter and I, also are watching or we watched season one of Cobra Kai. So that's another I've one. We're that too. I've watched that too. Hey, with the, the kids, the young kids and the ages, man. I mean, come on, man. You got to get more into the Christmas spirit around the holidays. And You're telling me, man, like family Christmas movies, man. You, you, you brought up the right Grinch thing. and like you, you, you brought up the Grinch reference and you at least have, you're getting out of a practice and you're a coach. You have an excuse. I have no excuse. I'm just a, I'm exactly. just a jerk if I can't get into the, the Christmas spirit. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, look, I, I know you guys have been going through a, a, a weird time. I mean, a tough time. I know is, easy enough to say but you've been pretty good about putting this in context you know other people are going through a whole lot more than you're going through and you guys are going through what you're going through at least together and at least with basketball you know as the as the reason so it's maybe it's not the, the same level but but you guys are going through a tough time and and people that are wondering what's going on with you guys like 
I, I guess, are you at a point where you are still happy with this? I know it's something I've asked you before. I've asked Paul up here, at, well, not up here because he's in Texas, but with the Lobo program and, and the women's programs too with this relocating, are is everything going well or is there anything you uh, have learned that maybe makes you worry about what's going on or is it good that you guys are all together kind of going through this together? A lot of people have stepped up to give our program an opportunity to compete this season. I'm thankful and have much gratitude to our administration, to our fan base, to the donors that have stepped up and helped us financially. I, I've received a lot of support, um, you know, via the phone from, from friends, you know, donors, etc. And all I know is I'd rather be doing this than, than not playing a season. Yeah. Certainly it hasn't been perfect. You know, it's well-documented. It hasn't been perfect, but we're, we're banking on better days ahead. Um, we're hopeful that we won't have, you know, a bunch more COVID teams that haven't had it. it it's like one of those things, you know, it never happens to me. Right. Yeah. The teams that are, going through the season and haven't had COVID touch their program in their tier one group, almost think they're invincible. And until they go through it, it's hard to explain the shutdown and, and the contact tracing and, you know, going on pause. And if you really watch it closely across the country, um, it's happening and it's going to continue to happen. Obviously yeah. everybody's excited about the vaccine and we are too, but I don't think that's going to affect how many college basketball tier one groups are affected by COVID in the next three months. It's going to continue to provide an uneven basketball season. And so long with an answer, yeah, you're always questioning, are we doing the right thing? Is this all worth it? But for me, the ultimate answer is yes. I mean, our, our kids want to compete they 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 see their their team their buddies from back home from along the way having a chance to compete and these kids want the same opportunity you guys are close obviously and and i, I imagine that helps with the mood a little bit have you learned anything about your staff yourself or your your team that you know you never would have known before this unfortunately not really um most of my staff i've been with for you know quite a while now and the ones I haven't, you know, I'd worked with one before here. So nothing really on that front. Um, you know, I, I really haven't. Uh, I got a boring answer, but. Um, no, I, but I, that, that could be a good thing, though. I mean, that doesn't, yeah, you know, some adversity sometimes shows shows warts you didn't see before. And, and that's not always a good thing. And and sometimes not learning something new about yourself during adversity means maybe it just means you were ready for it a little bit. I just, I, I, I'm not, people, people are making out to a really big deal. And I'm not saying it isn't, I guess just for me personally, um, you just got to roll with the punches. I mean, yeah. I tell our players, I don't think this is going to be the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Actually, I know it's not going to be the worst thing that's ever happened to you. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but you're, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. And life's going to hit you in the face and it's going to hit you a lot harder than it is right now. And it's no fun. It's inconvenient. It's not perfect, but we're all going to go through 
you know, worse situations. Some of us have. Yeah. And we try to rely on that and, and educate them and get them to have some perspective as best we can to try to keep, you know, everyone sane in and around the program. Well, I mean, I appreciate that perspective because I know you as in your position are leading a bunch of young guys that have never been through this before, but you guys haven't been through this before either. So um, that perspective, though, is, is good to keep keep in mind and, and hopefully keep reinforcing with them. Um, I'll, I'll wrap this up with, with this. I know you guys, you guys got some Christmas stuff to probably go do and some team stuff to go do, but you guys, you mentioned a couple weeks ago that one of the things you, uh, you guys have been doing a little more on pause was playing some games and some connect four. Um, you really never played connect four. Isn't that amazing? I hadn't, I had never played connect four, uh, until the other day. I really didn't know what it was. And, there for a few days we had some heated games it's it's like anything it's slowed down a little bit but um there for a while we were when we were in our pause you know we, we definitely had more time on our hands now that we're back in somewhat of a routine we don't have as much discretionary time but no i uh, never never heard of it are you guys it. your staff like i know like james i saw him on a podcast a, a week or so ago like an all-access kind of coaching podcast where it was a lot about junior college coaches and stuff like that. Are you, are you guys a little bit more built for this because of the junior college background? It's not the same thing I know, but you guys haven't exactly always been living the, uh, the high major, you know, power five life of, of charters and, and uh, you know, just having things easy and, and comfortable all the time. Were you guys made for this a little bit more? Uh, you might be onto something. Uh, <laughs> you might be onto something. I, I think guys that, you know, spend time at that level, um, like you said, aren't accustomed to the power five amenities. You know, yeah. they don't get upset when they got to take a bus ride six hours. It's they don't get offline when we don't have the, the, the most gear or, um, you know, the next shoe or, or they don't get as much gear as the next staff. And, yeah. I don't necessarily go out and have that in the back of my mind every time we have an open position, but I seem to gravitate to those type of guys that appreciate what we have and, you know, are certainly hunger for more, but I don't have to worry about their mindset of, is he happy, uh, you know, with, with his salary or is he happy with, um, you know, the situation, how we travel, you know, how we live. Um, and, and, I definitely think that there's probably some reinforcement, you know, that isn't as big a deal maybe for guys like us that have came up the way we've come up to other programs that aren't used to uh, having this kind of adversity thrown at them. All right, Chris, I appreciate your time. I'm going to let you go because I know you got stuff going on and, and I'm going to go probably try and find some Christmas movie to watch with the kids, I guess. You, you guilted me into it. Maybe we'll go find something. I'm glad I did. Yeah, your family will be thanking me. Well, hey, I appreciate you taking the time. I, I'll say this too. Um, I went to, since I'm in Albuquerque, you probably don't know the place, but um, Jubilation Wine and Spirits today, and I bought a bottle of Pistol Pete Six Shooter Whiskey. So um, the, the Aggie graduate in me uh, did, a, did a good thing and helped out New Mexico State just a little bit by, by getting some whiskey, and uh, uh, maybe, maybe I'll go open that a little bit. That a boy. I actually. I uh, had a, a special delivery by um, someone at, at New Mexico State that is a, an employee that had something to do with the whole process of that happening. And 
they called and said they had something for me. And I'm like, okay. And so they came over and um, they presented me with a bottle. And I thought it was such a special touch. That's how dumb I am. Um, you know, they're numbered. I guess the first how many were numbered. Oh, wow. You know, like, yeah. So oh. like the, when they do the Crimson Legacy and they do the wine, they number them. Like this is yeah. seven of a hundred or whatever, right? And um, And you had one of those special ones. So I had one that was 13, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that was my number. That, that's what I played it in college. I'm like, that's such a coincidence. And the person's like, oh, you don't think I knew that? I'm like, wow, <laughs> that's different. That's high level right there. You went oh, yeah. to figure out what that. number I wore in Division Three basketball and make sure I had that one. That was pretty special, I thought. Forget about all that junior college stuff I just said. You you are living the big life. If somebody yeah. on staff at New Mexico State went to that much yeah. trouble and figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, you right. are living a good life. So I work for Mario Mocha. You think he's rolling out the red carpet for me very often? Is he still giving out Subway Employee of the Month certificates and footlongs and stuff? I haven't won Employee of the Month since I've been here. Well, maybe I'm going on four him. years. Maybe you need to be a little nicer to Mario. I'm going on four years and I haven't won Employee of the Month once. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I appreciate it. Have a okay, Merry man. Christmas. All right, Jeff. Merry Christmas. All right, bye. All right, well, there you go. There's my interview with Chris Jans, New Mexico State Aggies head coach. Obviously, worth reminding you again as this is posting on December 26th. Uh, that was an interview from December 24th from Christmas Eve. So, um, again, appreciate the, the folks in New Mexico State for making this happen. Appreciate Chris for doing that. Hope to hear from you on what you think about what New Mexico State's going through and how they're handling it and what you heard from Chris Jans. New Mexico Lobos are obviously going through you know, their own unique challenges too. While they have had now three Division One games, and which is three more than, than New Mexico State has had to this point, um, the the troubles of, uh, of relocating to West Texas have, have presented unique challenges for the Lobos as well. You don't have your own gym. While you are using South Plain College gym for practice and you are able to practice some at Lubbock Christian University, which is where the Lobos will be hosting games this year until further notice, including – this uh, December 31st and January 2nd, they will be hosting Nevada Wolfpack at Lubbock Christian University. And that's, of course, former Lobo coach Steve Alford is the head coach. Craig Neal, um, former Lobo coach, is the associate head coach out there. And and Nevada's off to a one-and-one one league start at this point. So a lot of um, interesting times ahead for both the New Mexico State Aggies and the UNM Lobos men's basketball teams. I will give you now kind of the power rankings as I see them. For now, on December 26th in the Mountain West, I don't think we know nearly enough about most of these teams to, to really give you a good a good idea. Um, I will list, uh, I'll give you a couple thoughts after, but for now, let me just list the, the 1 through 11 in my mind in the Mountain West Conference men's hoops, and then I'll, I'll give you some comments at the end of that about where I think the pecking order stands as, as league play really this week gets, uh, gets kicked off and non-conference play is essentially over in the Mountain West. Number one. San Diego State, number two, Boise State, number three, Utah State. That so far is the same as the preseason um, media poll for the Mountain West. Number four, Nevada. Number five, Colorado State. Number six, Wyoming. Number seven, UNLV. Number eight, New Mexico. Number nine, Fresno State. Number 10, Air Force. Number 11, San Jose State. So that's how I see it right now, um, week whatever this is of the college basketball season. It's really as 
Mountain West play um, league wide is is getting going. That I would call that my my pecking order for now. Um, the power rankings for now, but even even this isn't meant as a, a predictor of what, how I think it's going to finish because frankly, Fresno State's at nine. They could come out gangbusters once they finally play a Division One opponent like New Mexico State. They have not yet played a D one opponent for various reasons, so they could come out and look look great and move up rapidly on this on this power ranking, or they could look awful. We'll find out when we actually see them start playing a little bit more. Um, at the top of the poll, though, San Diego State preseason favorite, my preseason number one. I am also an AP top 25 voter, and even though after their loss to BYU a week ago now, um, they did drop out of the top 25, but they didn't drop off my ballot. They they remained on about half the AP ballots um, in that 20 to 25 range. Um, off the ballot of I think it was 32 voters this this past week, but San Diego State remained on my ballot at number 22, and they were unranked overall. But I still think this is a top 25 team. I don't think far behind them, if behind at all, is Boise State right now. I don't know that they've done enough to prove to me that they're a top 25 team. I will not be putting them in my top 25 this week. On on Mondays when the new AP top 25 poll comes out. They sure looked the part, though, on Monday and Wednesday when they beat the crap out of the New Mexico Lobos. Um, how much of that is UNM Lobos circumstances and, and the challenges they're going through and and the players and coaches and and where they may or may end up being had this been a normal year? We, we just don't know. Those are all circumstances that, that nobody's ever going to be able to know in entirety how much that affected what the Lobos looked like this past week and how much it's going to affect what they look like the rest of the season. But we do know, we do know this Boise state who practiced all summer, all preseason, all fall and has a, a veteran group. Although there are a lot of newcomers together, they, they have a lot of guys who have played some college minutes. They are a really good defensive basketball team. They have some talent on that team. Derek Alston was the preseason mountain West player of the year and certainly looked the part when he, when he, played the Lobos on Monday and Wednesday. So I think the t- the top tier in this league right now sticks to what the, the preseason poll looked like, and that's number one at San Diego State, number two at Boise State. I would have, in fact, two weeks ago I did kind of have those two teams separated as there was enough of a gap between the two as I, I would say that San Diego State was on a tier of its own and Boise State was on the next tier. I, I now think Boise State and San Diego State are in the same tier with uh, San Diego State getting my number one spot and Boise State number two. I do think there's a gap after that. I know preseason number three, Utah State, is still at number three in my poll, and I know they looked really good against San Jose State for two games. That is why they're still at number three, but I will I will still need to see a lot more from the Aggies before I think that they are actually going to compete for a title. I think this is a two-team race in the Mountain West at this point. I do think that there's a gap, though, after Utah State. I think – we're looking at a top tier of San Diego State and Boise State, a second tier of Utah State, and then we get into a whole realm of teams that I just couldn't tell you at this point who's going to beat who on a regular basis. Maybe it comes down to who's injured for a particular team, the uh, the road home split. There, there aren't home and homes this year. It's two games played in one gym between two schools and no return visits. So I'm going with number four at this point of Nevada. I really think there's no way you can make an argument – for the next three teams, certainly, maybe the next five, four, five, six teams if you want. But I'm I'm putting on this tier, number four, Nevada, who is a one-on-one and lost at home to Air Force already in league play. But I'm putting Nevada at number four, Colorado State at number five, despite a horrific, horrible 
offensive showing against St. Mary's. I still have them at number five. And number six, Wyoming. They're they're actually a team that's, while the schedule hasn't been tremendous by any stretch of the imagination, I'm not fooling myself to think or trying to fool you to think that it has been. They've done what they need to do to do against that schedule, and that is a team in Wyoming right now that is sitting at 6-1 and one overall and does have a road win against the Pac-12 opponent. So I'm going number four, Nevada, number five, Colorado State, number six, Wyoming. And then I think there's a little bit of a gap right now just because there's so many question marks for these next this next group of three. Number seven, UNLV. They, they've looked pretty bad, frankly, and they're now going to be at least 32 days between games because of a couple of COVID pauses. So they looked bad. They're going to be off for a month before they play again. We don't know if that's a, a kind of a reset to maybe they'll look good again. Um, they were a preseason number four in the polls. Now they could, I have them at seven. Frankly, they could be lower based on, on some of their performance so far. And when you factor in a, a 30 plus day pause that they're in go, going in on right now. So I have them at number seven, New Mexico at number eight and Fresno state at number nine. I'll talk a little bit more about New Mexico and why, you know, so frankly, against Boise State, they look like maybe they below need to be below eight. Um, I'm I'm not ready to go there yet, but Fresno State I have at nine because they have not played a Division One opponent yet. I don't I didn't have them very high in my preseason poll anyway, and I'm not willing to move them up just because New Mexico got blown out by Boise State two games just yet, and because UNLV looks so bad. So Fresno State's sticking at nine for me, and then I think there's a little bit of a gap to the bottom two, which is Air Force and San Jose State. And uh, that's sort of where it's been for, for a few years now, frankly, and on the bottom of this league. But I do think Wyoming's, if anybody's made the biggest move up or down, Wyoming up to six in a solid kind of tier with uh, with some of those other teams, I think has been the most impressive. Boise State, I do think being in title contention in my mind with San Diego State now, although slightly behind the Aztecs still. Um, I, I think that's been impressive. And then the drop of UNLV, the fall of UNLV is, is sort of maybe on the other side of the spectrum, kind of been as drastic as maybe the improvement I've seen out of Wyoming and stuff like that. So that's where we're at on my power rankings. As for the Lobos, look, they, they got a lot to work on. Um, I, I don't think that anybody tried to suggest they didn't even before they played Boise State. I know a week ago I, I told people, and it was, it's on Twitter, you can check the receipts on that. I, I told people I thought they would lose to Boise State both times by double digits. And th- they sure did. Um, and then some. Uh, they they frankly looked pretty awful. And I don't know how much of that gets worked on and improved. I don't know how much of that is the perfect storm of a team still not entirely ready for the season. Remember, they didn't practice. It's not just that they got started late in the fall. They didn't practice since last March. They weren't doing spring workouts together as a team. They weren't doing summer workouts together as a team. They weren't doing anything in August and September as a full team because of all this, the health code restriction or health, public health order restrictions in New Mexico. They were doing individual workouts or small group workouts when they could, but nothing as a full team that entire time. And they have 12 new players. So you want to call that an excuse or a reason, you get to pick the word, go for it. I'm telling you, the Lobos right now aren't the team we're going to see a month from now. How much better they'll get? I don't know. I, I'm along for the ride with you. I want to see it too. And uh, what they look like this past week, that is something we do know. We we did get to see that, and they did not look good. So a lot of work yet to come from them. I, I still think they need to find ways to get points out of outside of their half-court offense, which means they better get better at free-throw shooting when they do get fouled. They better get better at scoring in transition. 
Their half court offense is struggling right now to hit. They're not, they don't have anybody on the team that's consistently going to hit a bunch of threes. So creating your own offense is, uh, is, is important or creating offense when the defense isn't exactly entirely set is, is what's important. So you need a guy who can score on his own out of the offense. Sometimes I think a Javante Johnson, a freshman like that will develop into that. I think he's still very nervous and very young at this point. Um, I think that th- those points in transition, you better run a lot more and you better stop the other team from scoring because it's hard to hard to go out on a fast break when you're taking the ball out of the net and having to inbound it every time. So the, the Lobos defense, which is what I thought would be better, if, if I was surprised by anything, I wasn't surprised by the poor offense. I was surprised by the, the poor defense at Boise State. I thought this team would be a better defensive team. They still may get there. I Frankly, I still think they're going to get there on the defensive end, um, but they didn't show it last week, so that's where we're at with the Lobos. I'll I'll kind of leave it at that for now because they they know what they got to work on. Obviously, uh, anybody who watched those games knows it too. I'm not yet sure how much of it has to do with the circumstances. And like I said, they they don't have a gym to go to where they can just go work on free throws for an hour, put up shots for an hour before practice, or stay an hour late. They have to make appointments. They're they're calling up South Plains and say, okay, we got the gym for 90 minutes starting at 5.30 and we can stay there till 7. Okay, we'll, we'll be there for those 90 minutes. And in those 90 minutes, as Paul Weir um, commented on after one of the Boise State games when they when they missed more free throws, like, do you want to spend the only 90 minutes you have that day on somebody's gym working on free throws? Or do you want to spend that 90 minutes working on offense or defense or whatever you need to do on the court? And uh, they don't have a hoop at home to go work on even. And they're, they're staying out of, at a hotel. So there's little things like that that I'm still willing to give them the benefit of the doubt while I have them eight right now. If things start clicking on this team, there's enough versatility and enough guys on this team that have unique skill sets. Um, none of them, to my mind, in my mind, are really the shooters that they need. But they all have enough unique skill sets that if things mesh and if things start clicking, I still think this team can can move up to that top five. Um that's not to suggest I'm projecting that right now or predicting that right now, but I can see a pathway there. I can also see a pathway where this gets really ugly, and uh, it already was pretty ugly for a week, um, for two games anyway. Let's uh, see what it looks like next. They got Nevada next. Nevada's a team that, while they've been pretty good, um, their ceiling I don't think is is much higher than where I have them right now, which is in that four, five, six range. Um, that I think that is their ceiling. But they're a team that's probably going to reach their ceiling. I don't think every team reaches their ceiling in this league every year. And New Mexico has to prove that they can reach their ceiling. As, as good as they can be, I don't know that they've always gotten there in the past. And this year they better get there quick because Nevada's Nevada's a team that might already be there. They have a couple good guards, good good scoring guards, and a couple solid bigs. But nothing, nothing like Boise State. So we should get a better litmus test, if you will, for what New Mexico Lobo basketball is this coming week. And it will be at Lubbock Christian University. So there you go. Those are some thoughts of mine on Mountain West basketball, on UNM Lobo basketball. Again, thank you, Chris Jans, for the conversation and the interview earlier. And next week, I I will be trying to do this weekly now. So, again, thank you guys for listening. Let me know what you think. Uh, abqjournal.com slash sports where you can find the coverage daily of of college basketball and sports around the state of New Mexico and you could get me on Twitter at any time at Jeff Grammar let me know appreciate you for listening this has been episode 32 of the Talking Grammar Podcast